Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. This is episode number four of Intermittent Fasting Stories. And today I'm excited to be here with Lori Lewis. Lori has recently moved to Portland, Oregon after 20 years in New York City, and she's a marketing and branding specialist. Welcome, Lori. Hi, Jen. It's great to be talking with you. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. So I like to start off by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting? How'd you hear about it? When did you start? That sort of thing. Oh, my goodness. I think we could fill the whole hour, but I'll be as brief as I possibly can. (laughs) When I was 49, I went into menopause. That was in 2012. And it seems as if the day my period stopped forever, the pounds started packing on. And that was unexpected and unfamiliar. Up until that point, I'd been pretty lean. 
I always consider myself as having had a weight problem my whole life, but in hindsight, I would gain 10 pounds and take it off and maybe 15 and take it off, but that was it. And I always had my old tips and tricks and ways to make that happen. And it was easy until it wasn't. And I was a lean runner. I had a couple marathons under my belt and I felt fit and strong. And suddenly I felt boggy and off kilter and gaining weight and didn't know what was happening. I have a question for you just because I'm 49 and about to enter menopause myself. I can tell I'm in perimenopause. Did any of the problems start while you were in perimenopause or just boom when menopause happened? So I had a different set of problems in perimenopause. I had hot flashes like they would come in 45 minute waves Uh. starting in my stomach. So perimenopause, (laughs) I couldn't wait for it to be over. And I thought, oh boy, oh, lucky day (laughs) when this stops. And then I had a whole new set of problems, which was I could tell my body was holding on to fat for dear life. And it was a different kind of fat and it felt hormonal. Now I'm speaking from really my own intuition and watching my body and how I felt. I did not feel good and I felt embarrassed and I didn't feel like myself. And as ultimately 50 pounds came on that I could not reverse no matter what I tried, I was just in a very despondent state. And after about four and a half years, I went home to Colorado where I grew up and I was visiting my mom and my mom's super loving. So I don't want to make her sound (laughs) anything less than that. But she said to me so sweetly, and I didn't respond sweetly, you know, let's really turn this weight around while you're here on this visit. And I oh gosh, wailed and roared and said, you don't understand. I've tried everything. I went on a, my doctor gave me some, I had to take all the foods out of my diet that could create a hormonal response. So grapefruits and tomatoes. And I mean, the list was so long. And I did that for 30 days and didn't lose one pound. And I thought, well, I'll just keep going for another. I lost one pound in 60 days and was hardly eating anything. I was miserable. So really nothing worked. And I felt like I couldn't even keep running anymore because I felt so weak and lumbering around. And I just was not myself. I kept saying, whose body is this? I feel like I've been overtaken by an alien. So my mom listened and listened. And I said, I know you didn't have all these problems, but I have these problems. And I've not gained 50 pounds out of letting myself go. And so she listened very lovingly. And then she looked at me and she said, well, because she wasn't sure what to say. And she said, let's pray for an answer. And I said, be my guest, pray away, please. And I went to my room and where I stay in my mom's house. And I truly do not know what I Googled or what happened. But within an hour, as I was tucking into bed with my laptop or my phone on my lap, I don't remember, up popped this YouTube video about intermittent fasting. And I had never heard those words before. Wow. And then I watched another one. And then I watched another one and another one and Googled it more. And I stayed up all night. And I went downstairs in the morning and I said to my mom, thanks for praying. And I think I found out about something that I want to try. And it sounds crazy but I'm going to try it. And she's like, okay, tell me about that. And I did. And she said, that sounds like a great idea. How may I support you? (laughs) 
that literally just gave me chills. I know. I said, I'm not going to be eating for like 16 hours and then I'll eat a meal and then I'll pause and then I'll eat another meal. So we'll have dinner together. And I said, if I start being sick or cranky or, you know, he said, you tell me to stop or I'll tell myself to stop, but I think I can do this. And she said, of course you can do it. I'll just have to remember not to offer you a piece of toast in the morning. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I was off and running. It makes me cry actually. And that was June 12, oh. 2017. My life will never be the same. And I went to New York for a wedding on August 3rd. And people were like, holy smokes, I think I may have lost, I don't know, 12 pounds in those first two months. And it felt really good. And what I think is important for me to say too, is that people could tell I was losing weight, but I only told my mom what I was doing. I really felt so weak and uncertain and scared and sad for myself that I gained 50 pounds, that I just thought I want to do this privately. And I don't have the bandwidth to explain it and defend it. And even though I was spending all my spare time, you know, all the time that I saved from buying food and preparing food and eating food and cleaning up after food, I mean, isn't that an hour and a half, at least a day. And while I was eating dinner, I was watching videos and reading more articles and reading books about intermittent fasting. So I knew exactly what I was doing. And within two months, I moved to uh, about a 24 schedule. And then a little after that, I learned from you that one meal a day, OMAD could be spread out. And I really loved that idea and jumped into the delay, don't deny theory or philosophy or methodology of intermittent fasting last fall. So right about a year. Awesome. I've been with you. (laughs) Yay, for a year. Well, I love that story, Lori. I mean, I literally did get chills. Like I said, when you said your mom prayed and then you found intermittent fasting that same night, that is just incredible. It is. It's really moving to me. And I am grateful that I have someone in my life who said, yeah, let's do this. You got this. And every day she would look at me and she'd say, you're looking great, honey. I'm like, I look the same. (laughs) I was like, no, no, no. I think your chin looks different or your, I don't know. She complimented me every single day. And whether or not it was true, it made me feel really good. Well, I love that. She sounds like a fabulous mom. And she probably could see that intermittent fasting glow. You know, we see that in photos, in people that do intermittent fasting from their before photo to their after photo. They just have a glow about them. Oh, big eyes. And, you know, I think there's a confidence too. Not I think. For me, there was. And I see it in people's posts in the Facebook group. I read something yesterday where a woman said, I don't think I've lost any weight, but I put on my swimsuit and went to the beach with the kids and I felt so proud and confident and good in my body. I started intermittent fasting and within three days, the fog lifted and I felt truly, whatever it means to feel like myself, I say three days, maybe it was a week, I don't know, it seemed so quick, but I felt proud and confident and good and solid and clear and like myself. Wow. That's so exciting. See, I'm really interested in your story, like I said, because I'm 49, which is the age that you were when you hit menopause and solidly in perimenopause, but not having a lot of hot flashes. I've had a few, but they're very mild. And so I'm hoping to sail right through it. So in five, 10 years, I hope to be able to say, yeah, menopause was a breeze thanks to intermittent fasting. So people have this 
question for me, did I take bioidentical hormones or hormone replacement therapy? And I don't disparage people who do. There was something and this felt very intuitive and true. It had integrity for me. I kept saying to people, I know I'm going to find the answer. Right. I was determined, but at the time I got to Colorado, I just turned the corner to imagining myself gaining 10 pounds every year for the rest of my life. So I had just given up. But up until that point, I was like, no, I know I'm going to find something that's going to turn it around and that my body's going to balance and my hormones are going to say, oh, we're going to all start talking to each other and be in the right balance and it's all going to sort itself out and then the weight will come off. And it took this very important time eating to make that happen. And so I was able to do that without any drugs or hormones. I really do think that our bodies can go back into balance. That's what they're designed to do. And I think that the fasting gives our bodies a chance to do that, really. Oh, I'm a believer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like I said, in five to 10 years, I can't wait to talk about how I sailed through menopause. (laughs) I really do feel like I'm going to. I feel like I am. I think you are. And even when some people say they came on stronger, but then went away, it's like people say they experienced hair loss or sleeplessness or digestion issues. And then we know that that turns around. It's a preliminary adjustment for the body. And then it's going to heal and be even stronger than before. We have over 50 hormones coursing through our (laughs) systems and they are all so delicate. And I just am inspired by our body's ability to heal itself. And when people post in the Facebook group that they're experiencing something and what's the cure and everybody has all these cures for this and that, and I'm always writing, keep fasting. That's the cure. Time. The cure is time. Yeah. You know, our bodies really are wise. I am rereading The Biology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton, and it's really an astounding book, but it has some really hard science to kind of go through. It's very, very sciencey. So like people who thought the obesity code was sciencey, this is like the obesity code times 10 as far as science goes. But it talks about what you just said about our body's ability to heal itself. And I mean, you get a clue from the title, The Biology of Belief, but I've read it before and it's hard to have it sink in. But I'm at the point right now where he's talking about quantum physics and he was a biologist and he taught at medical schools and a classical biology training. And then he realized that quantum physics played a big role in biology too and just energy. It's fascinating. So you might really like that book. Sounds great. I'm putting that on my list. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy read, like I said, but he's great. He's entertaining. So. I'm learning a lot about how the body works, even though I've read it before and then I promptly forgot it. (laughs) But his whole point is that the body does know how to heal itself. Yeah, I think that's its job. It's constantly working to be better and fasting every day gives us pause to heal. And one of the things I learned when I was diagnosed with extreme adrenal fatigue was that this idea that our organs heal at night and each one has its own circadian clock. And being a New Yorker, I used to eat dinner at 10 and be in bed at one or two, you know, and I had to shift to go to sleep by 11. And now I go to sleep much earlier. It took many, many years of practice. But what inspired me was knowing that if I wasn't in bed by 1030 and asleep by 11, I was missing out on the healing progression of all my organs. Wow. Yeah, that's important. I'm an early to bed, early to rise person. I thought that when I retired from teaching, I would be sleeping in. No, my eyes still pop open at 530 in the morning. 
<laughs> yeah, so like at 930 at night, I'm like, I'm going to bed now. <laughs> oh, well, all my New Yorker friends are like, who are you? I'm like, yeah, let's eat dinner at six. And I'm going to bed at 915. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And my husband's like, but it's a Saturday night. Why are you? I'm like, but I'm tired. <laughs> I'm going to bed now. Yeah, it's hard for me to stay up late. My body has just got that, you know, clock going and it's just, it's what I do. Well, sleep, oh my goodness, so important. And as a society, we are not getting enough of it. I think that's true. So you've just solved that problem by going to bed earlier. Mm -hmm. And moving to the West Coast was very helpful in that regard. In my neighborhood, I walk my dog. It's so funny in New York City, the doggy walking witching hour could be like 1.30 in the morning. Everybody's out walking dogs and talking to each other. And here I'll go out at 8.45 and all the lights are out. Town is rolled up. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That really is. I can imagine that though, I guess, right? It's, New York is what? The city that never sleeps, literally. I think so. I love it. The best of both worlds because I get to spend a fair amount of time there working. And gosh, so many people I know have been getting married. It's awesome going back for super fun weddings. and That is fun. Yeah. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. So you lost all the weight that you wanted to lose and got back to the weight you were when you felt your best. Is that what you would say? I would, except Jen, I had a five-month stall. So when people say, I haven't lost a pound for a day and a half, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I think I need a crown or a cape or something. And little did I know it would be five months. So what happened was one of the things that people were in such a conundrum about with my weight gain was everyone was saying, you're the healthiest eater we know. And for 20 years, I've enjoyed as a hobby studying nutrition and food and eating whole foods and 
forever ago. I cut out eating meat and I learned very quickly that my body thrives without it and it feels good for me. And so another question was, why did I gain all this weight when I'm a super healthful eater? And that's one of the reasons I really valued Beast Without Fear. Oh my goodness. Right. That book rocked my world because I never wanted to be the food police. But at the same time, I know that eating whole unprocessed foods and lots of colors and veggies and food made at home is super nutritious. So throughout my intermittent fasting journey, I would say I lost an average of a pound a week, which seems like I'm an average student. Right. Then sometimes it was two and sometimes it was none and sometimes I gained. But overall, from June 12th, 2017 until the end of March 2018, I guess it's about 40 weeks, I lost 44 pounds. And then I stalled. Right. And that stall lasted until the end of August. And I had a wonderful conversation with women in the Delay Don't Deny group. And she really encouraged me to try the alternate day fasting. And I had from time to time done a 40, 48 hour fast, you know, maybe once a week tops throughout last winter. And I started the alternate day fasting. But the second day, I just thought I am so used to eating at 20, 21, 22 hours. I just want to eat. Right. And I again, like what it feels like to be a beginner. So I was like, no, I want to eat. Right. <laughs> this is when I eat. And so it took a few tries to get me over the hump. And I really had to make sure that on the day I was eating, I was eating a lot, two meals in an eight hour window and getting enough fats and all the things and listening to my body and being satiated. And so to answer your question, 16 months after I started, I hit the complete weight loss. And just for good measure, I lost an extra pound. Yeah, I love that about you. You wanted to just show your body who was boss. So you did one extra pound. I did. And you know, that was an initial inspiration. Like, hey, I got this. I gained 50. I'm going to lose 51. But when I stood on that scale that day that it happened, I was so overcome with gratitude that I was not showing my body who was boss. My body is the boss. It was working for me and healing and, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's me working with my body. It's not me being mad at my body or thinking it's awful or hating on it. It's just a miracle, this body. I love how you turned that around. You're right. It's your body is the boss. And your whole journey showed that. You know, your body was the boss when you were trying so hard, but you weren't giving your body what it needed and wanted, but your body didn't really know how to tell you. And so then you found intermittent fasting. And then all of a sudden, you know, for me, it becomes easier to listen to our bodies when we're fasting. That is so true. You know, I learned something from some friends last week. I was attending one of these many wonderful weddings I've been to. And So many friends have been like, just tell me exactly what to do. And I'm like, wait, we've talked on the phone. I've told you what to do. I've told you how to do it. I've had you read the book. It's like, what else am I supposed to tell you? You just stop eating for a certain number of hours, fast, clean, 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 squeaky clean, eat what you love and start again. They're like, no, I need a plan. (laughs) What plan? Oh my gosh. Everybody wants a plan. Do they want a meal plan? What I learned was... And they were all in agreement with each other. They were all in various timelines with having tried it or not tried it or successful and so forth. And I learned from them that in the first two to four weeks 
They really want to be told what exactly to do every day. Like, wow. Okay. So that's what they're thinking a plan is, but I'm not so sure. I think that what you just said that inspired everything I responded with about listening to our bodies, I think that comes later. Right. I think at the beginning, people are like, if I'm listening to my body, I'm eating cupcakes. So <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> so I just really enjoyed my friends. Gosh, I feel like there are over 100, well over 100 people that I know in my life who have said, I'm starting this, I'm doing it. It seems like the right thing. It's inspiring. That's fabulous because you mentioned earlier when you first started, you didn't tell anybody really. Your mom knew and very few people. But now since you've had success, how long into the journey did you feel confident to share it with other people? Great question. I had several friends coming to Portland to visit me. And so when the first friend came, I let her know. I said, okay, I'm eating this super weird way and I'm not eating breakfast and I'm rarely eating lunch. And that doesn't mean my fridge will be, will go out to the great coffee shops in Portland and I'll have a black coffee and you'll have whatever you have and have breakfast. And I explained it all. And she just was like, Oh, I, I'll do that with you. I'm like, no, you don't have to. And she said, no, I wanted it. to this day. My friend karma is in our group and she's intermittent fasting and she looks great and feels great. Oh, I love that. Later, two of my friends from DC were coming out. So I had the same conversation. You guys, I'm eating weird and this time thing, but it's really working for me. Both of them said, that sounds awesome. We're doing that too. So they came here, flew across the whole country, came to Portland on vacation, and we all intermittent fasted together. And so at that point, when I shared with people successfully, I started telling more people, but not many. And then I woke up on New Year's Day and I thought, my goodness, I cannot enter 2018 without giving thanks for the biggest thing that just happened in 2017. And so I crafted pretty quickly a post on Facebook and I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I hit send or post and I think there were over a thousand comments and like, wow, it was really important for me that I found my voice with it. And one of the reasons that worked for me not telling people is I really liked practicing feeling comfortable saying, oh, I'm not hungry right now. Thank you. We don't say those things. We stuff the thing in our mouth or the people hold the plate in front of us until we take it and eat it. And right. Even if we're not hungry and we don't even know when we're not hungry because we're just eating all the time. So to practice saying, I just ate, or I'm saving room for my big dinner, or I'm not hungry right now. Let me take one and I'll eat it later. It looks delicious. Or I'm going to have a sparkling water. You kept the power. You didn't feel like you had to explain yourself. You didn't have to talk about it. You just said, no, thank you. Not right now. And that was enough. Correct. It took practice though. Yeah. And then I read people saying, well, I told my coworkers why I'm not eating lunch with them. Then they all attacked me. It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, I also don't have much room for naysayers. So if people say undermining things like, oh, you're doing that starving thing or that extreme thing you do, I will just say, please read this book called The Obesity Code or if it's Fast Five or Appetite Correction or Delay, Don't Deny it depending on the person, I kind of pick in that moment what thing I'm going to suggest to them. And I'll say, I'm not going to even discuss it with you until you get yourself educated. And then we can have an awesome conversation. 
Yeah. I'm very confident about it, obviously. And, you know, I tell everyone, literally, millions of people I've now told, but no, (laughs) thousands at least. But the word starving can still like make my skin crawl. And I only have heard that from, you know, a few people in my real life that, you know, watched me gain up to 210 pounds and then watched me lose down to the size I am now. And they'll still be like, yeah, but you're starving yourself. Mm. I'm like, no. And that word just feels bad. You know, fasting is not starving yourself, you know, and that's one reason I named my second book Feast Without Fear because I do feel like every day I have the opportunity to feast. That doesn't mean pig out, right? We're not stuffing ourselves, gorging ourselves, but we eat a beautiful meal and it's like the farthest thing from starving in the world. I'm sure you feel the same way. I'm having a little difficulty thinking back. What was it like a year ago? (laughs) I do think I really looked forward to what I was eating, whereas going to be eating for dinner. And now I don't really even think about it. I pretty quickly in my intermittent fasting journey stopped thinking about food. A lot of people report that like the amount of time our brains are occupied thinking about snacks. I mean, it just was amazing. And so I stopped thinking about food and I've also stopped even planning too much about what I'm going to have for dinner. I'll think, When my little alarm goes off, I'm like, "Mm, what am I hungry for? I eat really delicious, healthful, fat-filled food that I love. Right. And it feels every night like a celebration of nutrition and health, and it's delicious, and you love it. I do, and I love that you always set a pretty table. One of the things I really enjoy are pretty dishes and glasses and napkins, and I just always put my food in a nice dish and sit down and watch a video, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's important to make dining more of an event versus before when I ate all the time and was obese and my life revolved around when could I eat next. I ate in front of the television. I ate by myself. I ate in the car. You know, I ate in a box. I ate with a fox. I ate in a house. You know, (laughs) Dr. Seuss. (laughs) But I literally just ate everywhere and anywhere and nothing was special. And we didn't eat together. You know, I would eat as soon as I got home and then my husband would come home. The kids would eat whenever. You know, we still had one kid at home when I was really, you know, getting into the intermittent fasting lifestyle. One went off to college, right, during part of it, but the other one was still here. And we started eating as a family. We would wait till daddy got home and we would eat together. And that's when I started, you know, being more interested in setting the pretty table because it became an event and it was special. And we weren't sitting in front of the television anymore. We were talking to each other. And it just kind of evolved to that. I didn't say, today we're all going to start eating together. It just became something that we gravitated to eventually. That's really inspiring. It's one of the biggest changes. I wish I had done it all along with the children, but you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. but I also was not cooking, you know, from scratch meals either. Now I am because, you know, we talk about in the groups, we joke about becoming a food snob, but what it means is we're not just willing to eat any old thing we grab on the way home. It's going to have to be delicious. The first time I ever saw anyone write window worthy in the group, I think Patty Kelly wrote that. I don't know if she, I think she may have coined the phrase, but it's really stuck with me because I thought, my gosh, it's true. What is worthy of my time and my enjoyment of this meal? And yeah, we are food snob. And I think People only recognize it when you get there. Right. I just love the stories of someone saying, I couldn't wait all day. I left work. I fasted for you know, 18 or 21 hours, whatever. And I drove through the drive-thru of my favorite 
restaurant and ordered my favorite fast food thing. And I took one bite and was like, Ugh! yeah, threw it on the seat and drove home and made Brussels sprouts. Who am I? <laughs> yeah. And I used to not really eat vegetables at all. I mean, my vegetable was like a potato ever. Maybe I would eat some beans, but I didn't eat vegetables hardly at all. You know, tomato sauce was a vegetable for me. That was pretty much probably my main vegetable. Ketchup, seriously. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. But now I like find myself dishing up our plates for dinner and I'm like sneakily making sure I have like a larger portion of the vegetables. <laughs> like, who am I? What is this? <laughs> what you just were saying made me think of this idea. I've been thinking also about exercise and food and all the things that we've been taught all our lives to lose weight. You know, people are like, I'm doing everything right. I'm hitting the gym. I'm watching what I'm eating. I'm counting all my calories. And now I'm fasting. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. It's so too much. And I found for myself and I'm finding in my support of others that I don't want to tell people not to hit the gym for sure. Right. I continued my yoga practice throughout it all. And as a New Yorker, I walk a lot of miles and walking everywhere. So movement is very important. But starting out with the whole, all the programs all at once, when really we just need to start practicing intermittent fasting every day. And then all the other stuff will work itself out. Our body will start saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't eat eggs for a while. They don't make me feel so good. Okay, don't do that. Or I'm craving Brussels sprouts. What happened to me last spring was all of a sudden my body said, you're strong enough now you can start to run again. It just told me I knew. You knew it was time to run. Exactly. So rather than pulling out all the stops and starting everything at once, I just really think that the way to go is to intermittent fast, boy, going for 12, 14, 16, 18, 20 hours without food is a feat. Right. Do that for a while. And then your body will start telling you what it wants to eat and how it wants to move. Exactly. And that's why we don't tell people what to eat and what not to eat. You know, for one thing, which you mentioned Feast Without Fear earlier, that was my second book. I explore all the reasons why our bodies are different. We don't respond the same way to food. Like you are a vegetarian and you feel better when you eat that way. I've naturally gravitated to eating less meat, but I do still eat some meat. But there are people who feel better eating lots of meat, you know, keto or whatever. They feel fabulous eating that way. And I believe them when they say that they do. But the point of it is we're not going to tell somebody how they have to eat when they start their intermittent fasting lifestyle. Start where you are. You're already taking a big step for your health by fasting for, like you said, whether it's 12 hours, 16 hours, whatever you start with, you've already made a positive change with that. You don't want to change everything at once. And then over time, you may be surprised. You may realize you don't like fast food anymore. That happened to me. You may realize you don't want to eat dessert a lot. I'm starting to eat a whole lot less dessert. I'll still have it, but it's not calling me like it used to. And I didn't do it on purpose. I haven't told myself I had to. And so it's more magical when you just do it naturally, I think. Exactly. That's very different than starting a diet where I'm not allowed to have this. It's like, no, 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 no. Just fast and your body's going to sort it all out on its own later on down the road. (laughs) Right. That could be a month from now or it could be a year from now or five years from now that suddenly you're like, I'm not interested in eating that anymore. Or there's a whole category of food that I 
craving that I always hated. <laughs> exactly. I'm a super taster, which means you have like extra taste buds that pick up different flavors. What? It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> but as a super taster, I was always very picky, but I don't know if intermittent fasting is changed my taste buds in some way or another, but I'm now eating things that I wouldn't have had before. And I like the taste of them all of a sudden. Isn't that great? It really is. Wow. There's still some things I don't like, but (laughs) fish, fish is one of them. Oh, I never knew that about you. That's funny. Oh, you've never heard my crying because I got fish in one of my delivery meal stories? Oh, (laughs) it was right after Feats Without Fear came out and it was one of the delivery companies that wasn't very flexible. So you had to like get what they sent you or you could switch around the plan, but one week, the plan, the third meal, I either had to get a vegetarian meal that featured cauliflower, I'm not a fan of cauliflower, or I had to get a fish meal, and it was like Mediterranean cod. And you know, in Feast Without Fear, I really encourage you know that a Mediterranean diet is an overall healthy way to eat. You tweak it to you know to fit how you feel. But so I was like Mediterranean cod. See, I'm a grown up now. I think Mediterranean is good. I'm going to eat this Mediterranean cod. And I, I cooked it and it was beautiful. And I sat at the table and I tried to eat it and I just started to cry. <laughs> it's not window worthy. It's not. No. I was like, I've ruined my whole day because I'm having to eat this fish and I don't like it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, I was like, all right, fish is out. <laughs> Oh, well, it's just been such an amazing process. As I said a second ago, it's hard for me to even remember what it was like a year ago, because now it's been 16 months. But I remember creating all of these funny things that I would say to myself in my mind to get over the hurdles. Well, one thing I would practice was I would let myself look forward to a big, cold glass of sparkling mineral water. This Gerald Steiner is my favorite. I researched, you know, what's the mineral water with the greatest mineral content? And I love the bubbles and I get it at Trader Joe's and it's yummy. But I would have this cold, icy glass at maybe two or three. But I also would do these fun things in my mind, like if my stomach was growling, which it does still every day. Uh huh. Oh, mine too. Mine too. People are like, what's it going to stop? I'm like, your body is trying to get you to feed it before it switches over to fat burning. Just let it grow. And I just would laugh and I thank my body for burning fat and I tell it to just keep grumbling away like it's a furnace burning fat. And I also am really committed to this idea of keeping insulin low. Right. You know, we love Butter Bob and the Oh my goodness, you're either fed or fasted and he has this 50% insulin. Yeah, his blog post is like the 50% insulin solution or something like that. That's one of my favorites. Oh boy. So I didn't want to turn insulin into the enemy because I don't want to turn any aspect of my body into the enemy. But given that there's way too much insulin flying around in my system, I was like, the last thing I want to do, the very last thing I want to do is spike insulin. So I would imagine, you know, clanging alarms and sirens and red lights and whoop, 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 no, no insulin spiking allowed and just burn fat. And I really enjoyed doing all sorts of silly things in my mind to keep myself from eating. Now I don't have to do those things at all. I think probably after three or four or five months, I didn't have to do that. But that does, as your blog post about the importance of mindset. I think making myself laugh at the silly things 
I was saying to myself, definitely got me over some hurdles. Well, that's good. That's good. And yeah, about the insulin, just for listeners who may not know, you know, our bodies do release insulin when we eat. And that is not a bad thing when we're eating. But during the fast, we want our insulin to stay low so that we can access our stored fat. But then people start to think, well, then we never want insulin to be released. But yeah, when you eat, it's going to be released. (laughs) I mean, certain foods cause you to release less insulin than others. But insulin has benefits in our bodies as well. It's not bad, like you said. You just want it low during the fast so we can access our stored fat. But it's not the enemy of our body. It actually helps build things up, which is why we eat. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. If you're constantly on the hunt for a good deal, then you need Rakuten. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop because members get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every category, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, traveling, dining, and more. You're already shopping at your favorite stores. Why not save while you're doing it? It's a no-brainer. Get the Rakuten app now and join the 17 million members who are already saving. Cashback rates change daily. See Rakuten.com for details. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Your cashback really adds up. So let's switch gears for a second. You talked about the weight loss aspect of it. What positive health changes have you seen from intermittent fasting other than just you know the weight itself? Well, my experience of myself as a woman in menopause where I just didn't recognize my mind, my memory loss, the fogginess, my balance was off, my equilibrium was off. I felt old and lumbering. Even if it wasn't the weight, I just felt weak. And that lifted, that cleared. And I dealt with adrenal fatigue, as I mentioned earlier, severe stage four adrenal exhaustion, and that I addressed in many ways with sleep and nutrition and some supplementation and so forth. The stress of New York was certainly a factor. And I have no symptoms. I've had my adrenal glands and cortisol tested and I'm 100% normal in that regard. Oh, that's fabulous. It really is. And I think that one of the things that seems to come hand in hand with perimenopause and menopause for a lot of women who I know and who I've read about is that in their late 40s, there can come in tandem with perimenopause many different other ailments, autoimmune diseases and other challenges like lupus and thyroid issues and Hashimoto's and adrenal fatigue and fibromyalgia. Yeah, so many different autoimmune diseases these days that we never even heard about, you know, 20 years ago. I am cautious about saying anything disparaging about the medical people and profession and industry. And yet I found that most of us, when we face those challenges, and we express 
anguish and desperation, we're prescribed antidepressants. And antidepressants have their wonderful purpose in place, but not as a solution for, <laughs> I'm depressed because I'm really sick. Right. And I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> you know, so, oh my goodness, that was certainly a challenge. So I feel great in that regard as well. I had for years plantar fasciitis. It came and went at varying degrees, but always I'd put my feet on the floor in the morning and go hopping across the floor, just like out, 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 out with this pain shooting up in my feet that disappeared after probably four months of intermittent fasting. Like I noticed one day I had this bump since junior high, which was in the 70s, <laughs> a bump on my knee. It's not there anymore. Oh, that is so strange. I mean, it's not strange. We hear this all the time, but it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. You know, we hear stories of people that are like, I used to have a C-section scar and I've had it for 20 years since I had my baby and that scar is no longer raised. It's flattening out. We're like, yeah, we hear that. It sounds unbelievable. I mean, can we talk about autophagy? So I did have a goal weight, but what was more important to me was a goal clothing. So I had my box of clothing from 2012 that I pulled down a few weeks ago and I opened the lid and I fit into every single thing. Hooray! But people are now saying, well, you reached your goal. You're going to keep doing this thing. I'm like, heck yes. I want ketones going to my brain. I want my brain fueling on fat and not glucose. I want autophagy, 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 which is, you know, but right. this amazing discovery that a researcher, a Japanese researcher won the Nobel Prize for just two years ago uh, that our cells renew and recycle the broken parts and clean it out, scrub it out, reuse them and it's like we're as good as new. And, and I think the places that we see it are on our skin, like you said, and scars and bumps and a redness to the skin smooths out. And as you said, we see people's before and after pictures. And even when it's a month, it's like, oh my gosh, their face looks completely different. Not only is the inflammation gone, but there's a smoothness and it's not this, you know, digital autocorrect happening. It's autophagy. So I want all of that. It's true. I mean, I'll never stop. You know, I'm at my goal weight. I've been here since 2015 at my goal weight and below. And I'm never going to stop doing intermittent fasting because of the health benefits, like you said. I really feel like we do not need to be eating all the time. And in our society, we have 24-7 access to a fully stocked fridge. And that isn't how it's been in human history. And we feel stronger and clearer and brighter with more stamina and focus when we're in a fast. Let's see. I'm going to look at my phone right now. I am fasted 18 hours and six minutes. I've got a few more hours to go. And I feel great. And you feel fabulous. I would never have eaten before this interview. Right. We as human beings and many other animals are bright and alert and strong when we're in a fasted state. Well, did you see the article I shared today on the Facebook group? I didn't read it. I've had a full Tell me about it. Okay. Well, let me give you a little cliff note about it. It's an article that I read today that talked about how intermittent fasting and calorie restriction in general and different things where we're eating less, like with intermittent fasting, causes an increase in ghrelin in our body. Ghrelin is the hunger hormone, but an increase of ghrelin also somehow, I can't remember what it said in the article, but it stimulates 
the growth of new brain cells. Oh, I love new brain cells. Yeah, new brain cells. Yes. And so the theory, I guess, is that people who were not having as much to eat needed to have you know really sharp brains. They needed to be sharp mentally. And of course, I always think the reason you know I feel so mentally clear and sharp has to do with the fact that I'm running on ketones during the fast. You know, later in the day, you have more ketones, you feel great. But to also see that they're finding that the ghrelin also is linked to new brain cells. I'm like, well, this just gets better and better. (laughs) It just gets better and better. I know it really just, it's so much fun. Yeah. I just can't imagine any other way. And I do think that, well, as you wrote in Feast Without Fear, these blue zone cultures around the world where they have a history of people living to over a hundred years old and what they eat and what their lifestyle is. And I met a Cuban man in Miami last winter and we were in a jazz club and he was sitting next to me and I ordered some olives. I am famous for breaking my fast with fat and usually olives, but they brought this giant plate. I couldn't possibly eat a plate full of olives. So I offered him some and he said, oh no, 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 I don't eat after seven. And I was like, oh, you're talking to the right person. Yeah. Tell me more about that. And he said, oh, I just don't eat after seven. And I said, well, when's the next time you're going to eat? And he looked at me like, that's a really funny question. (laughs) Nobody ever asked him that. And he said, well, maybe around one or two tomorrow, I'll have a tea with some milk and a chocolate. And then a few hours later, I'll have my meal, I'll have my dinner, and then I don't eat after seven. I said, why do you eat that way? And he said, well, it's the old way. Oh, wow. And I have a close friend, an elderly woman in her 80s. and you know, she may eat uh, coffee or tea at noon with milk. And then she eats dinner at three or three thirty, and never eats a bite after four thirty. And I've asked her, you know, Ellie, why do you eat that way? And she's the same thing. Very surprised. She's like, well, I just feel better eating this way. Yeah. I think if age is helpful. People respect what an older person says. It's like, okay, everybody knows that Ellie doesn't eat dinner after 4.30 and she just feels better that way. And I think we all feel better this way. Yeah, I think so too. And really, we've heard this before. I've heard a lot of people who say, oh, you know, this is how my grandma always ate and she stayed slim and active until her, her 90s and beyond. You know, we hear that anecdotally that people have just done this naturally. Now, we are really running out of town, which is so sad. So I have a couple more questions. First of all, I want to ask, is there anything that you struggle with? Well, I definitely struggled with that stall. I mean, For sure. I'm lucky. I'm pretty masterful at keeping an empowering mindset and a positive mindset. But boy, there were days that I thought, how much can I keep trusting this process? I've got a ways to go. I decided last spring to start having my body composition tested. So I knew exactly if people are like, you're thin enough. I'm like, no, I'm 26% body fat. I'd like to get to 22, whatever. I wanted to know what were the numbers around what was happening with my body, right? visceral fat and bone density. And so I did that every two or three months. So I knew where I was body fat percentage wise. And I could tell that I was strong and had muscle balance and muscle strength and bone density and hydrated. All my cells were all full of white. (laughs) Everything was good, except I had way more fat on my body than I wanted. So the five-month stall was definitely challenging. And I love that you switched it up. You tried alternate daily fasting and you found that that helped you break through it. I think that's a great strategy for a lot of people. Just switch it up somehow. You know, what you've been doing, your body needs you to kind of shock it a bit. 
try a different fasting regimen, just something different. I move my window every day. I do think that when people are starting, some people need a little more structure like, okay, I open my window at three and I eat this and then I pause, I drive home from work, whatever, and then I eat this and then I close my window at eight. Maybe that structure is good. To start off, yeah. For me, I want to move it around not only for my social plans, but to keep my body guessing, as Dr. Fung says, keep it guessing. And the other thing about alternate day fasting is, I know we say this a lot, but every day the eating window, not to diet or calorie restrict and to eat to satiety. Right. But especially if someone takes on alternate day fasting to absolutely eat. I think Dr. Fung in the Complete Guide to Fasting says three meals. I can't eat three meals. Right. If I ate breakfast or ate a meal at 10 or 11, I would want to take a nap. So for me, with the alternate day fasting, I had a big long window and two complete full chowed down meals. I think that's important. Yeah, I do too. Now, in 60 seconds or less, <laughs> what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? I'm not literally going to time you, but try to keep it short. What would you tell them? Someone just starting off with intermittent fasting. I know you think I'm crazy because I do say just take it one fast and one feast at a time. There's what happened today and then there's tomorrow and how long am I going to fast and what yummy food am I going to look forward to and what yummy food am I going to eat and then how long am I going to fast? Like one day at a time. And give it a year. Yeah. Again, I'm really moved by what is possible for a human being's body in one year. Not only the body, emotionally, mentally, mental strength, confidence, and then the changes in the body. We only can see the external changes. We really don't know what's going on in there. I don't know what's happening in my intestines, but I know because I've been intermittent fasting for 16 months that inside my body is in a much healthier state than it was a year ago. So a year, a year, a year. This is not a quick fix. Oh my goodness. Nope. Nope. So have the long-term mindset and give it a year. I love that advice. Well, Lori, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. I'm so glad that you were here on episode four of Intermittent Fasting Stories. And I look forward to seeing you around the Facebook groups. Thank you, Jen. I'm so grateful for the conversation. It's been fun. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on.